I'm Natalie Mills. And I'm Sarah Stark. And you are listening to The Lumpy Mother, the podcast where we show up for our kids by showing up for ourselves. We are not experts. We're just two best friends and moms who love learning and laughing together. I have two kids, a 10-month-old son. Wait, no, he's 11 months. <laughs> and an almost <laughs> three-year-old. No, oh my gosh, she's three. <laughs> Her birthday was Ages last week. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> And then I have four kids, an eight-year-old daughter and three sons who are about to turn eight, six, (laughs) and about to turn two. We have two birthdays in one week. Goodness. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So if you want to know you're not the only parent who lets their dog lick their kid's dirty face because it means there's one less thing to clean, (laughs) then you have come to the right space. The way this works is each week, Natalie and I will have a yes, a no, and a hello for the week. Or in other words, something good, bad, and something random that has to do with what's on our mind after another week surviving parenthood. Sarah and I have a feeling you'll be able to relate to our experiences. If you can relate, if you can't relate, though, we want to hear about it. Email us at lumpymotherpodcast.com at gmail.com. We want to know what you think about the topics we cover. But before we get to our rewinds that we always do, uh, we have a really exciting giveaway to tell everybody about. Yes. Oh, yes. If you're following us on social media, you may have already seen the post we made about it on Sunday. Since we're a podcast for parents, moms in particular, of course, we couldn't let Mother's Day pass us up without an amazing giveaway. So we paired with some of our Instagram friends and created a really amazing basket of favorite things. Yes, that's right. I included a journal and some bath bombs. I have so many bath bombs (laughs) I haven't used yet, but I'm going to get to it. And so will you if you win this prize. (laughs) And hopefully not in the tub that's covered in your kids' toys. (laughs) Uh, Or the bath crayon is still all over the tub. Oh, Uh, no. (laughs) I don't even know where to start cleaning that stuff off. Okay. (laughs) And then I added a really gorgeous coffee mug and some of my favorite coffee. Nice. And then our friends at the Bookish Sisterhood at Knitwear by Rachel Rachel, and at Kels K, all included some of their favorites as well. Oh, it's going to be so good. Yeah. So if you want to see all of the items that are included and then also figure out how you can enter to win the entire giveaway, check out our Instagram page. Yes. So Natalie, any rewinds? Yeah, actually. So my mom was listening to our after party episode about uh-huh. breastfeeding. Yeah. And she and she called me and said, I have a correction for you. She said oh, that I had mentioned that when we were young, I thought I and we had had a conversation. My mom and I had had a conversation similar and I just messed up the people. So I thought she had told me oh. that when I was young. So like in the late 80s, breastfeeding was taboo. So she did not breastfeed me. And that was not correct. She said that oh. when she was a newborn. So like my grandmother did not. That's when and I think it's it sounds like that's kind of when formula. It was like really scientific. And so um People almost always used formula instead of breastfeeding. So she was kind of talking about when she was younger with my grandma. And so my mom did breastfeed me a little bit. But she said for her, which I totally relate to this, and this is kind of one of the things we talked about. She was 30 when she had me and I'm the oldest. And then that was kind of old to have your first. That Not so much anymore. I know a ton of friends mm-hmm. in their 30s that don't have kids. But yeah. she had said, you know, she had a career and all these things. So it was really hard for her to, like, give up so much control and <sighs> focus everything around breastfeeding. And so Absolutely. she, I... She breast fed me for like three months, she thinks, but I have twin sisters and I, who are a few years younger than me. And I asked her if she did try, even tried with them. And she said she made it about two weeks. Oh, my gosh. I and who can blame twins? her? Oh, wow. That's amazing to even can you make imagine? it two weeks. No. Oh. I don't think I would. Do you have any rewinds? Um, No, but that was an interesting one because I knew that 
like you, I had heard that sometime in the past, and I kind of made the assumption it was my mom's time, too. So that's a good correction. Yeah. It's good to know. Yeah, let's get in, because I am really excited. <laughs> so Natalie has been keeping this for me all week. She went on this great adventure, a pilgrimage. Yeah. And I just, I've been, I've been wanting to hear about it. I haven't even, I've hardly even talked to her. So it's like I had to I miss know. you, her, her for two weeks. Because she's been keeping it so to share just on the podcast so you can organically yeah. be well, in this I conversation like with us. Yeah. So thankfully, first off, thankfully, this the whole trip is a yes and not a no, first off. But <laughs> yes, yeah, yes, this is her yes. Yeah. That alone. But yeah, I it was so hard, like not calling you and telling you all about it because I wanted it to be like really authentic when we yeah. talked about it on the podcast. So I made sure that the rest of my points are really short because I figure I will probably talk for a while about this. So no, I, um, can't wait. I went, it's a backpacking trip that a group of guys from our church have been doing for years. And this year they finally opened up to a group of women. So it was me and seven other women. And then we had two um, really awesome guys as our guides because they have done it so many times. And yeah. you can't, you, we would not, you don't make it without a guide because there's, a lot of parts that you have to have someone leading you through. But um, so we do six days in the Perea Canyon. It goes between Arizona and Utah. And I was going to ask, where is that? Yeah. Yeah. So it's right by the Grand Canyon. We flew into Vegas and then we drove out there. Um, so we parked awesome. actually right on the Colorado River, which is what goes through the Grand Canyon. Yeah, I've always wanted to see the Colorado. Yeah, it was gorgeous. We stopped at this bridge and looked at it. But so we parked on the Colorado River and then there's a shuttle that takes us to where we enter the canyon, which is it's like almost a two hour drive. And we have to walk back to the cars, you know, so it's a little daunting to start <laughs> off with that. So we par we technically park in Arizona. I hope that I'm getting this right because I got it backwards a few times. But then we drive up to U Utah and enter in Utah. Utah and then walk back. I'm almost Whoa. certain that that's correct. <laughs> Not the other way around. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, so we hiked, we went in on Sunday and then we came out on Friday and we hiked 42 miles in all with our packs. So you have to carry everything that you're, that you want to wear, first aid, all How of your food. How many miles is that a day? So it dep it kind of depended. Our shortest day, I think, was the first day in because we went on we went in probably around three or four o'clock on Mon or on Sunday, and did yeah. like three or four miles to get to camp. The longest day was sixteen miles. So Thursday was our long day. It varied, but um, yeah. So you have to carry everything, and you only hit water twice. Technically, there's a third stream you hit, but it's just like literally droplets. And so it like it, you can't count on it to actually fill a water bottle. So you have to and you're in the desert. So you have to carry a ton of water with you all of the time. Plus water if you're going to if you need water to cook any of your food, like a lot of us did the freezer dried, like the MRE style foods meals and for dinner, especially. And you need water to cook those. So there's this like all of this planning that we do. And um, it was incredible. It was amazing. And the reason I'm really making it a yes. And, and obviously it was a yes because the trip was like unlike anything I've ever done before. And the scenery is I'll we'll put some pictures up so that everyone can kind of see the scenery is some of the beautiful. most beautiful things I've ever seen in my life. I love to be outdoors. And so I felt that there was never a point where I was miserable or even wishing I had not come along. Um, I loved every part of it. I liked <laughs> I mean, sleeping in a tent was all right. All of it was awesome. Um, but the reason I think I needed my it's my yes, because I think I needed a recharge away from my family. And I kind of just want to reassure any other mom or parent that's out there that it's OK to want that. And then it's OK to fulfill that need. You know, mm -hmm. I think that sometimes there's a lot of guilt with like leaving your kids behind. And it's not like we were just because we flew into Vegas. But, you know, if we stayed in Vegas for a week, I can call home every day. Um, there is no service anywhere that we carried a satellite radio because if yes. there's an emergency, someone has to helicopter in and get you. They had to do that. That's probably few the years first ago. time you were just 
just to a guy. alone without someone pulling you this way and that. Yes. And your own thoughts, except for the people you're with, yeah. but they're not like needing you for anything. No, you know? I don't have to think about anyone. <sighs> I mean, you do, obviously, just because we're caring people, you're always checking in on everyone and that kind of caring. But it's not like, yeah. okay, have you brushed your teeth yet? What do you, what do we need to do to get you ready for dinner? That kind of stuff. I mean, there are hours in a day where you're not. Yeah, where you don't have to think about anyone but yourself and the next step. <laughs> that sounds amazing. I don't even remember what that's like right now. It That's why it was kind of incredible. All I did for six days was hike, sleep and eat. And that was basically it, you know. So it's like you you take away everything else. There's no electronics. We, I had my phone for pictures, but you don't get any service, which I loved that that was the case, because then you can't even use it as an excuse almost to reach home. You know, you're yeah. totally cut off from the world. And it's so quiet because like the first two nights were almost like my ears were ringing with how quiet it was, which was kind of incredible. And um, the scenery, I mean, it was just amazing. At night, we'd all, you can't have a campfire out there, but we would all kind of get our chairs in one area where we called the kitchen, where we'd also eat all of our food. And we would just stare at the stars for a few hours and talk <laughs> and stargaze. And, and I mean, it was just like... It was incredible. I can't even were the use stars words incredible. To were they, they like were amazing? Beyond, uh, yeah, they were. And we saw amazing. a shooting star almost every single night. Um, but <laughs> I just, I think that because it's a pilgrimage, part of it is like a, some people kind of go into the canyon with something that might be heavy on their heart, or that they're just, you know, it's a church group. So mm -hmm. with us, it's you know, if there's something that we you've just been praying about lately or worried about. And and there's something that you can kind of think about, especially there's one day where we kind of not necessarily activities, but um, it's just a lot of kind of uh, time to really focus on that. And uh, yeah. I didn't go in. I didn't go in with anything like that, which I wasn't really worried about or anything. But then I realized at one point that one of the reasons I needed this trip so badly was because I was starting to um, almost like I was starting to really struggle at home with my duties as a wife and mother. And it was getting to the point where I was starting to resent the people in my house because of that, because it it was part of it was most of what I was doing all of the time. And I think a lot of this for me is that we had so much time um, with e-learning this year. I got so burnt out on being a mom that it was becoming a chore in my mind, taking care of my family yes. and everything, everything, even like the like emotional support part of being a mom. It felt like a chore that I was exhausted with and was struggling to complete. And I could tell that it was affecting the way I was treating my kids. It was absolutely affecting the way that I was treating Nick and talking to Nick and all of these things. So being able to like remove myself 100% from all of that for a week, not only to recharge myself, but also for me, because this is part of my belief system, you know, is, um, is praying for, I, I didn't even know what I was praying for. It was just kind of one of those things like, listen, this is really hard right now for me. I don't know how to, I don't know how to ask for help necessarily in this, but I just am acknowledging that I am struggling with this and that I want it to get better, you know? So it's more just yeah. the recognition of that. Things like being present in the moment, I've really struggled with that because, I just felt like I've been in survival mode for a year now. And it's like my brain never shut off from that, even though the kids are back in school and things aren't normal, but they're more normal than they were for 12 months. And so it's like my body couldn't relax from the last year. And because of that, I wasn't yes. enjoying my time. I wasn't being present with my kids, all of these things. So taking that week off and being able to um, just like I've said three times now, just completely unplug from the world. It reset me in a way that I did not know was possible. And it was amazing. Oh, wow. And I think part of the reason it was so successful for me, and this is another part of the yes for me, is that Nick did an outstanding job when I was gone. I came go Nick, back. Go Nick. 
Yeah, seriously. We all kind of, because um, about, I think about half of the women on the hike were moms, maybe a little bit more than half. So we all would kind of laugh about like, what do you think it's going to look like when we all get <laughs> home? And, and not because Nick is not a great caretaker, but like if he's gone for a week, I can guarantee you my house is a nasty mess when he gets home. Oh, yeah. It's so hard, we, man. I had that expectation of walking in and he it was spotless. Our ho- Every single dish, including what? sippy cups and water bottles, everything was clean. Straws. We have all the metal straws. They're a pain in the butt to clean. They they were all clean. All the floors were vacuumed and swept. I mean, it was even Charlie's room. None of the other bedrooms were clean, which is not a big deal. They're, they never are. But even Charlie's room was spotless and vacuumed. Like, it was outstanding. And so I got... It's amazing. It was, it, but it was such an incredible part of that journey for me because it means that I got to come back into this life and not immediately have a kitchen full of dirty dishes yes. or a... Because I I do get stressed out by clutter and like just I think it's not necessarily the clutter that sometimes it is, but it's the fact that it's on my to do list if it's around me, you know. Yes. And so um, like so much to do. Yes. So so behind. Yeah. Yes. Like and so like you left and then. Yeah. Yeah. You have to catch up now. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so I was really worried about that kind of coming back and just being bombarded with it. And it was not the case at all. So I was just so That's unbelievably awesome. thankful for him um, that it I yeah. could kind of continue that. And it didn't break that beautiful, like, <laughs> kind of stress free place that I had been in. But it yeah, was, well, sometimes I think... it feels like when you get a break as a mom, mm-hmm. you come back and it just means everything Yes. You had to do it piles up. And yeah. so it's not a break. It's just like postponement of mm-hmm. your normal work duties. And it's that double is now. a great way <laughs> to put it because it's so yeah. true. Usually it's like if you take a break now, it means that there's just more work for you waiting later. You know? Exactly. That's and how it so, feels like to me. Uh, absolutely. Um, yeah. So it was incredible. The springs. So we walked through a river technically it was only ankle length or ankle deep when we were there but sometimes it's like knee or waist deep depending on the weather but the springs that you get the water from when you refill it comes out of the rock like you have to kind of duck into this thing and it's so clean that they never they don't filter it or anything you just drink it straight like that it was that's amazing it was amazing it was so incredible and um i can't they're gonna do it again. I mean, we're hoping that it turns into an every year thing like it is for the guys. I will absolutely be on the next one again. I, yes. I, every, some of the guys every year to do reboot it. like that and to, yes. to finish your stress cycle. Like I'm just yeah. started burnout. I, I'm really not very far in it. Oh. But um, that's what they talk about in this book called Burnout, which is like mm-hmm. even if you if the stressor is over, the stress. Your the stress is still stored in your body, so you have to complete yes. the cycle, and that's what it sounds like this trip did. I mean, you had a whole 100%. year. We all have all had this year of immense yeah. survival and stress, and the stressors even they go away and they come back, go away, come back, yeah. and our bodies have not completed that cycle, and we all need a pilgrimage. We do. That's what I I I just wish that every single woman in my life could experience something like this, even if it's not that exact experience. I know that's not really for everyone, but something where you get to unplug completely for a week and do something that is so almost like primal. It's so easy. Um, Yeah, it was there were petroglyphs out there. There's like on day. So on Wednesday, we saw them and um, it's incredible. So uh, it's just like Native American in the rock. So they scratched it into the rock. And um, so there's two kind of big walls that have them on them. And the first one is like a herd of goats with these with (gasps) some people. But then the second one, apparently they call the star people. And um, we could not. Because it's such a hard canyon to walk through, um, there's not a ton of information out there about it, or at least we have not been able to find any. But apparently there's a lot of legends that go with the star people (sighs) petroglyphs. And um, you could could stare at them and easily convince yourself that they're pictures of aliens. (laughs) Just because like some of them look like they're floating. But um, it was it was incredible. That is so cool. Every single part of it. That sounds amazing. I just like I wish I really want. 
for me, the yes in this is just like encouraging every other parent out there, moms, dads, whatever, um, to like be able to let yourself do something like this, even if it's for two days or three days. I hope that you have the support in your life that that can happen. But um, to be able to do something like this guilt free and know that this is time that you're investing in yourself and that Mm -hmm. sometimes it's just what you need. Like I needed it to reset. And I think that 99% of parents out there would say the exact same thing that they need something like that to reset themselves. And so, um, yeah. Yep. That was amazing. It was amazing. That sounds so good, (laughs) Natalie. I'm yeah, but that's, that's my very big. Yes. What is, um, your yes today? My yes is repair. Oh, um, is it. like repairing with your kid after you blow up on them, like I did oh, last night. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is a <laughs> and great it's inevitable. Topic. And I want to talk about this because I w- want people to know that mm-hmm. um, it's hard to talk about because it's like you, shame almost starts coming up on because that is this is not the person or the parent I want to be. But I yelled yeah. at my daughter a couple times. <laughs> And um, she's been having a really, I was just at the end of my rope and she's been having a really tough time going to bed. We ended up starting to co-sleep and I almost put co-sleeping as a yes until this week. Because co-sleeping, I was like, oh, this seems to be working for us. She's going to bed right away. She seems to be feeling better. We had a great week last week. I was like, all right, if co-sleeping is what it takes for her to feel safe and better, then no, it's just like, it's just like now that she knows it's not really a privilege anymore and it's become habit it's just become the standard bedtime struggles but now i've lost my bed and my freedom (laughs) so uh i wanted to go to bed early and then she was up jumping on the bed and i'm trying to get her to sleep and then i'm like i just couldn't do it um so i yelled at her before that i yelled at her and then i yelled at her and then i like i had to put her in the hallway because it's best for me to be away from her and when i get angry I make her worse I escalate her so if I'm tense and I start getting like no out no out or like very stern then she starts like hitting me she like it does not make her listen (laughs) it makes everything worse so the best thing I can do is to stay calm which is just it I just wasn't happening for me yesterday so I had to put her in the hall and then I went in my room and I screamed in my pillow like three times, like screamed, like let like, it out. So. I let yeah. that rage out. Um, and that's, yeah. So that's kind of the shame inducing part. Like it doesn't feel good to be that person who has to go and scream in a pillow where their child is crying in the hallway. It doesn't feel good. But what I want to get at here is what's really helped me is coming across just, I, I don't have like one person to cite for this it just like keeps coming Mm -hmm. up like repair generally apologizing that night I said you know I'm sorry Evie sometimes mom mommy has a hard time controlling her emotions I even told her like I need a break right now I'm having a hard time I need a break I'm gonna go in when she was screaming and Mm -hmm. I'm like you know sorry sometimes you know even mommy's I made a mistake you did not deserve to be treated that way even though you hitting me was wrong it's like it's complicated Mm -hmm. you do not deserve to be yelled at that way sometimes mommy makes mistakes too sometimes mommy has a hard time controlling her big emotions too and i'm gonna work harder to do better so you set this example for this apology you show that you're human and you be kind to yourself and what's so interesting about all the repair models is like being kind to yourself is important if you're kind to yourself in that moment and work to do better then your kid sees that when they make a mistake and they're less likely to be a shame prone and to think, you know, which is hard because I'm, I'm, I definitely think it's very easy for me to go in a place of shame. Like I'm a terrible mom. What is wrong with me? Why would Mm. I say that to my toddler daughter? You know? Yeah. (laughs) I, yeah. Again, I don't have a specific source, but it's just like, it's like Dr. Becky at home, but she's now Dr. Becky at good inside. And then Mr. Chaz, who's on Instagram. talks about this a lot. He's incredible. I highly recommend him. And then Big Little Feelings, who I've sort of cited before. I'm pretty sure those are like the three main ones that I've gotten yeah. this from a bunch. Um, and it just, it's just nice to hear like Big Little Feelings is all about this. They're like, you're going to lose it. It's going to happen. Yeah. Y- you're human. 
And then here's what we do. And the repair itself is actually a really great teaching moment for your kids. So it's like, oh, Mm -hmm. good. I lost it. I can teach them something now. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it goes back to just being kind to yourself. I'm trying. And I wanted. So, yeah, I wanted to just mention this because it's just. It's just something I think that everyone is going to go through. And I want to put it out there and say this happened. Here's what I did. And it's feels awful and if you did it too i'm sure you feel feel awful but everyone everyone does it (laughs) yes literally i like that they're like straight up we're just gonna have the reality that it's gonna happen sometimes yes because if you if the if the language doesn't sound like that then you are building shame and guilt into that and it, it and you're a human. We are as moms, we are first and foremost humans. And so yes. that happens. So I feel like screaming into your pillow is is something you should be proud of. You know, I feel like that's a coping mechanism in a stressful situation. So I feel like that was the right choice. And removing you. her yeah. from your surroundings. I feel like you did that exactly moment, the right I thing. I knew I was out of control. Like yes. not that I would hit her. Well, maybe well, who knows? But I needed just I needed to separate myself. Yeah, that and was the not best even thing like, I could have done in that moment. Yeah, and and I don't think you would like lose control. It's more like you would not be able to calm yourself down again unless you were removed from her. There would you know? have been a lot I, more yelling at this tiny three year old if yes. she had stayed in the room. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's for sure. Yeah, that's so hard. I, yeah. <sighs> yeah. Um, no, I think that that's a great point because it does. I also love the idea that it teaches our kids that adults are not perfect. I think that that's something that's really important for them to always understand and know. And that adults are not always right, which is kind of one of those things that you're supposed to teach kids when you're like teaching body awareness kind of stuff. Yes. Adults are not always correct. And so I love that Uh it breaks that down. Some adults are really tricky and even really good adults can have bad moments. But yeah. I think that that's wonderful. And it's always a good reminder. I'm not great at <laughs> apologizing to my kids. I, I don't yell often. I raise my voice a lot. Um, but I'm not necessarily a yeller. But a lot of all of my kids are. Well, Charlie's kind of growing into that, too. But the rest <laughs> of my kids are older. And, you know, you know, we don't do screaming fits anymore. It's more it's different kind of things. Yeah. Um, but I do lose my patience, though, a lot. And I'm not always great about apologizing because um, <laughs> I'm horrible. But I'm just like, in my head, it's hard for me to create an apology when all I want to say is, I'm really sorry I lost my patience, but I asked you to do that seven times and you were not listening. Any, so true. Even though, oh, it's so, so true. So like, for me, but you were like, jumping on the bed and smacking me in the face. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> you yeah. cannot expect a human to not like flip out. No, exactly. <laughs> and I ask you to stop. I'm going to don't know how many times. <laughs> and and part of me is like <laughs> this is why I'm not a great example parent sometimes because part of me is like actions and consequences. If you hit me in the face, the consequence is that I'm going to get mad about it. <laughs> I don't think I should have to apologize for that. I'm really sorry. I'm not saying follow my lead, but for me, it's just like, especially if it's a physical thing, like my, I'm not going to apologize if you have a consequence for hurting my body and um, I will have a conversation with you. This is my body, Evie. No, this is my body. You cannot hit it. You cannot pinch it. You cannot bite it. (laughs) Well, she bit me and that kind of flipped me out. And uh... (laughs) we do a... Yeah, we do like a one or two warning system most of the time. <laughs> and then it's just like a um, and and I will have a conversation. I don't want it to end with me yelling, but the conversation isn't I'm really sorry I yelled or and like I said, I'm not really a yeller. So it might be like, I'm really sorry I raised my voice at you, but it will be like I asked you not to do that. You hurt me. And this is and that's why I lost my temper with you. And, um, you know, that's so good it's, because it's, then it's not like because I think with Evie, maybe I don't I don't want her to feel bad, but maybe like she does need to know that. I mean, I try to set the boundary like, no, this is not OK. I see <laughs> <to> your face. <laughs> <laughs> Natalie's giving me this look like, uh, yes, you do want her to feel a little bad. She shouldn't be biting you. <laughs> How else do they? I feel like that's I. kids are allowed to feel 
the, guilt in certain situations is an important emotion. When we, you, you do something it, wrong, between, yes, it, yes. I, I guess I haven't fine tuned it because like guilt is you made a mistake. You are not a bad person. Shame is you are a bad person because of yes. your mistake, and that defines you. So you can be like, yeah. this was a mistake you made, and that was still not okay. So I, yes. I think I can draw that line much more clearly. Ooh, I'm learning. Um, because I think that I you think, have to. <laughs> I think I'm you're sorry. right because it's it can be really no. I think it's. I mean, I'm telling you, Charlie, for the first time, he started injuring his siblings this last week. (laughs) He pulled Ava's hair and he's two. So I don't totally think he understands what he's doing, but she has a very sensitive head. It was very dramatic. And Mm -hmm. um, and he's two and we still removed him from the situation. And he like we removed him from play because I mean, that's the thing. And Harrison is just a really physical kid in general. So he does like he's uh, he broke. I, I think one of the times he broke Henry's glasses, but he'll do things that are just like you are clearly hurting someone right now. And I need my kids to learn that when they're in the house without a like, I'm sorry that you hurt me. But like I'm first off, we're never apologizing to someone if they hurt you. I, I'm not like I don't want to teach my kids to do that. Mm-hmm. Like. If someone hurts them, they should not have to say sorry to that person uh, unless they hurt them first. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. This is I feel passionate it's about so this. It's so complicated. But yeah. That's well, no, the, that's like, what, what I say to Evie all the time. It's like it doesn't matter if Franklin took your toy, even though he's you know 11 months old. It's never OK to hurt. So I am no. clear on that. Yeah. Like it's not OK to hurt. And, yeah. But I am worse with that. And that's kind of goes into my life as a person and people pleaser, too. Is when it comes to my boundaries and my body, I'm not good, even with a three-year-old. That's so interesting. No. Ooh, See, so maybe you light. should think about it like, a, okay, if she was doing this to Franklin or even if, like if she was doing this to your mom, if she was doing that to your mom, yeah, how would you react to that situation? You wouldn't make your mom apologize if she got no. angry about it. Oh, my it, gosh, no. You know? And well, so, my mom doesn't really get angry. <laughs> it doesn't seem like at least. <laughs> I can't see your mom getting angry either. No, but if she so did, chill. if she did, you would never like be like, mom, you have to apologize to her. Never. Asking her to oh stop my gosh. Fighting you. Can you imagine? Oh, the monster you'd create. Like, and so I think that her learning to respect you is like as a body, as a human, yes, is a really important part. And where to draw, and that, that line. requires things like the word no. I I really don't understand like the peop like the <laughs> movement that's anti using the word no with your kids. Oh, um, no. I'm sure there's some reasoning there. I just can't. I don't personally believe in it. Um, but also well, like I boundaries. Think it can get over. I think the idea is it can get overused and the kids won't listen to it in a dangerous situation. But I, I use yeah. it all the time. So No, my kids listen to no. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm a horrible no. example. <laughs> <laughs> they also I the one thing that are I, also if, really great and well behaved so <laughs> <laughs> they are well they maybe it's because they're so fearful of me <laughs> well behaved <laughs> I don't know if that's a, we'll see nobody if this, knows give it what 10 they're years. doing I don't know what I'm doing <laughs> give it 10 oh. years and we'll see how it and Ben jokes he's like she like bullies you <laughs> like she like <laughs> Take my phone and hide it. Sarah. (laughs) I think I I got some work to do. This is my advice for you. Because this is me just being really honest. Yeah. When I am on our lumpy mother Instagram, I cannot scroll through that because all of the like advice from all the doctors, it's too much for me. I can't do it. I I maybe last about two and a half minutes. And I know for a fact, you don't even have to tell me that that's all that's on your personal Instagram. That's it. I obsess. I'm all I do is like read all the advice. Nope. I think uh, you have, and I know that you're such a researcher, and that like that so, knowledge. And it's not always help. healthy, though. I don't. No, I it's like this not because it is because not. a lot of yes, because and Mm-mm. and I'm not saying that that's full of bad advice, but it's a lot of like kid centered thing, which is very important. But we also need to like. I feel like it's not always about boundaries, and I don't know. Yes, I think you got to take and, a like, break I'm from a that because too. I'm telling you. <laughs> I, it depresses me. I cannot. I cannot scroll through it because it, it messes. I don't like it. I don't like the way it makes me feel. I think I'm an average okay parent, but it makes me You're feel a like a parent. horrible parent. And so 
I'm oh just I'm just being totally honest. That's I, so that's no, but I really appreciate your honesty because it's opening the doors. Because when I start to think about how I'm feeling when I'm looking through all that as I like, oh, I did that wrong. I did that wrong. I did See? that wrong. I did that. That's wrong. why I hate it. Because <laughs> it's not know, always like yeah. I, in in my head, it's not like, oh, next time I'll try this cool trick. It's always no. like, well, that means I've been doing it wrong for eight years. <laughs> I just, I'm a terrible I'm mom. It. Yes. Yes. Uh, so um, true. Like, I think anyways. if I was to be viewing that in a healthier way, and I have definitely learned a bunch, but it's important to remember myself, too, which, yes, you know, I think the part of the reason we talk about it so often is because I'm so bad at it, is that something I'm working on. And I really like that you're like, Wait, look at it from this way, Sarah. It's not good. When you think about, like, <laughs> of course your daughter's bullying you. <laughs> I just, I don't know why that makes me laugh. It shouldn't. No. She is, though. <laughs> and I let her. <laughs> well, she's just, she's such a wonderful, strong-willed, she independent is. girl, which is mm-hmm. beautiful. That is it so is. beautiful. Yes, but you cannot beautiful. let her use that against you. you no, You have to I be can't. stronger than she is. I am. I'm strong-willed too. Oh, she gets fifty no. percent of her is me, so it's in there somewhere. Well, I think that your yes was like a great reminder for everyone. Thank I love you. that because and it, yours it is, is a great reminder for me. I feel like I feel like way better than I did just a moment ago about my Good. screaming fits. Good. <laughs> like, of course I'm screaming. I'm getting bitten, hit. Yes. Why would we expect anything different? So were you able to fight a no for this week? <laughs> yeah. After it, your amazing I honestly, time? I yeah. had such a good time. It was hard. So I think my biggest no, and I kind of touched on this already, but my biggest no was like re-entering normal life. And Nick made it really easy because the house was clean. So it wasn't necessarily like coming back to this disaster at all. Um, the, the one thing that as we were, because the kids all picked me up because we like I was the girls and I, we all take a shuttle out to the airport together. So they picked me up from the shuttle and on the drive home, Ava was like, daddy says that I have something called a rat's nest in my hair. (laughs) And so he did not succeed in brushing her hair at all. (laughs) The week I was gone. I I, I feel that. Yeah. It's every every battle for us. he, He won everything else. It was just kind of funny we all laughed about it quite a bit but yeah. um it was more like coming back and having any responsibility again in the sense of like work and even life um you know and the house was clean he did an amazing job but there's still like laundry you know you come it, things happen you use dishes oh, yeah. every day so i've really struggled coming back into that kind of responsibility yes. and just the everyday to-do list because you like I was so relaxed and all I thought about every day was walking and sleeping and eating and so um it's been yeah weird. that would be it's, a stark change I remember yeah I studied abroad in Peru for a little bit and yeah. when I came back it was just yeah it was it does t- it takes a while to adjust just going from this amazing experience and every day kind yeah. of something is a kind of amazing or beautiful or yes. new or or different or life-changing almost and then you're just like uh watch tv now i don't know yeah <laughs> but that was before kids so that was uh there there wasn't much responsibility there <laughs> but uh that's too funny yeah it's just i realized that i've like really struggled with priorities uh, like creating priority all of a sudden so instead of doing all of the things that i need to do for work or doing laundry or any of that. I like wallpapered our entryway. <laughs> like, this is but it looks so good. It's gorgeous, but like I, there are fifty other things that I should be doing, and and because I don't, just like I'm struggling with, just kind of reprioritizing that list in my head. That's always kind of yeah. going because it wasn't there for so long, and then it struggled to kind of rebuild again. But oh, wow, um, that'd be nice just I, to have that list go away for a little while. That sounds that alone. Amazing. It was amazing, yeah. And there's always a big is, to-do list yeah. in my head, and I'm like, am yes. I forgetting something? That's a, like mm-hmm. a big part of my to-do list is like, what am I forgetting? It's like always right here, like it's a whole like a, section kind of, of it. heavy. Yeah, there's a whole section of my yeah. ear brain. Yeah, 
I think that this is a really normal feeling, though, from any, even if it's a family vacation or whatever, you know, you get Mm -hmm. back home and it's always like hard to get back into real life. And so I've just been like trudging through that a little bit this week. But honestly, I don't really have much more of a no than that. I don't think I have to really explain that. And (laughs) and so that's what I'm. (laughs) Yeah, it it kind of speaks for itself. And yeah, and so it's slowly kind of getting that rhythm back again. But um, yeah. it's hard when you come from such a place of peace. <laughs> and I, I will say though, I feel much more peaceful at home now. So even though I'm not Ugh. doing anything. All right. What's your no? Um, emotional labor and the mental load. So Ooh. mostly I'm doing this one cause I came across an article that finally articulated it well in a way that I was like, Oh, that's like, that's what it is. That's kind of always weighing on me. And I don't know how to communicate that very well about, about this. Um, and it was, it's just like, it's just hard for me to explain some of the mental work I do. Um, and it's not that Ben isn't helpful. He's very helpful, but there's definitely a ton more of mental planning that I am primarily responsible that can feel so exhausting and it's invisible. It's completely Mm -hmm. unseen. And I just, I don't know Mm -hmm. how to, to say or talk. And if you can't talk about it, you can't work together to fix it. Um, like I, well, Ben's actually been doing better at this, but I, I tend to be in charge for making sure the monitor's set up at night, things like that. And if I don't do it, it won't be done. And then I'll be the one up with Franklin or, or whatever has you, or the bottle being ready or a lot, like if they've outgrown their clothes the article is called Why Women Do the Household Worrying is in the New York Times. It was so good. And just to quote the article, it says, while more and more men are stepping up to do their fair share, like Ben definitely does, there is one thing that remains frustratingly uneven, the mental load, which is mostly invisible combination of anxiety and planning. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so there's a new study that came out by a Ph.D. candidate um, at Harvard, Allison Daminger, and she published a paper Uh, in the American Sociological Review. And so this is how she breaks down the mental load. And it's in four parts. It's anticipate, identify, decide, and monitor. And so Mm. the example in the article she gives is summer camp. So she anticipates like in January that they have to, if they're going to get their kids signed up for summer camp, she has to start thinking about it now. And then she identifies what summer camp they're going to go to or the number of summer camps that are the best options and then decides. And then they monitor all the paperwork, all the deadlines, all that stuff. And then the sociologist, um, Allison Damager, found that women primarily do the anticipate and the monitor and then together the husband and wife typically do identify and decide so they'll Mm. like oh so like the woman will be like here's all these summer camps right and then they'll decide which one's the best and then she'll do all the paperwork even working moms i mean this is just kind of across the spectrum that moms just generally speaking that's the load that they're carrying. And so mm-hmm. it's for school paperwork, school tours. I'm doing all the preschool stuff. But this mm-hmm. is, for me, it's different because I'm a stay-at-home mom. So I do feel like naturally a lot of these things just fall under my radar. And that just makes sense. Yeah, I just wanted to articulate that for other people because... Then you can, if you're having, if you're really, really struggling with that, or you're a working mom and really, really struggling with that, mm-hmm. you can, if you can articulate it, then you can start to solve it. Cause that's the biggest problem for me was like, like, uh, what, what am I carrying here? And why does this feel so heavy? And why do I feel like I'm the only one thinking about this? And this yeah. is it. It's exhausting. You know? It is so it is exhausting. exhausting. Things like doctor's appointments for all of the kids and when they need to go where. And the like what you mentioned with the clothing, like when it gets too small and what to do then and buying new clothes. So they have clothes And keeping track of their sizes and their shoes and where yes. their clothes are. Yep. <laughs> if they're in the car yep. or they're outside and making sure they're all gathered or packing for trips mm-hmm. is always. Yeah. Yep. I love my husband to pieces. He is amazing in a lot of things. If I hold up an article of clothing, he cannot tell me which of the, our four children it is. He couldn't tell yeah. me if it was Ava's, Charlie's, who is a three, two year old. You know, he 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 honestly he has no idea. That's one of those mental things that I can tell you. Even socks or underwear, you know, whose is whose. Oh, also, what I found 
what's interesting is I think a lot of it has to do with societal expectations outside. Like the mom has a different, um, so like Ben, uh, this is totally cool and I'm fine with this, but he will let Evie put on whatever she wants and they're usually like totally mismatchy and she looks like a mess and he won't make her brush her hair or anything. So she goes out with a rat's nest in her hair, all greasy and dirty looking. And, and no one's ever explicitly said this, but I get this is the feeling I get that mm-hmm. people are like, oh, what a sweet daddy out with his little girl, you know, oh, yeah. how cute. Oh, daddy dressed you today. But if I were to bring her out that like, I don't feel like I could bring her out like that. And people would be like, mm-hmm. oh, she's neglectful. it would be that extreme and I remember seeing a post on social media somewhere and it like so it was a picture of a dad out with his kids and the caption read something like oh how sweet of daddy to take the kids out so mommy can get a break and I was like oh no honey mommy's at home cleaning the whole house (laughs) like she told him to take the kids out she planned and packed the whole day so that they would go out and that she could get some stuff done She did She's the not just sitting at home hanging out. Yes. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember. I love that. And I think that the mental list, like, it's not necessarily that I need to Nick to take over some of it. Sometimes I just need recognition that I am doing it. I need. Yes. I need and I him didn't even to realize say, I'm like, doing it sometimes because it's so invisible. Yes. It just feels so yeah. out in the air. Yeah. But I, I need someone to just be like thankful for that sometimes, you know, and. So yes. it's a little bit of that, too. and Or it just to feel um, more fair, another big one is gifts. Mm-hmm. Ben is responsible oh. for all his own, buying his all his own <laughs> gifts. And he does. And normally he does a good job. But every now and then, like, he'll forget or whatever. And I really get very strong vibes, <laughs> feelings from other people that they think it's my fault they didn't get a gift. I really, no one, again... Like, this is so, so many assumptions here, but it does feel mm-hmm. like I, I can, I think a lot of women can relate that like this mm-hmm. for some reason is a societal expectation of women. We are in charge of Christmases and birthdays and everything. And Ben really does his share. Like he's all about thinking about Evie's yeah. birthday. Well, Nick has this horrible tendency. I'm just going to call him out on this right now. We've had, talked about this. So it won't be a surprise. We already talked about but, how great he was, so we can just balance yes, it out. he really is. <laughs> so, um, like, for Christmas or for birthdays, especially for Christmas, because there's four kids, and we do not go overboard, but even if they only each get four gifts and one of them is close. You know, it's just like that 16 presents that we got to figure out total. And so I start about eight weeks early making lists and I will consult with him. And what do you think about this and this and this? And he kind of like grunts along. And then a week before Christmas, after everything is wrapped and under the tree, all of a sudden he'll have lots of opinions about what all of the kids should get. And all of these great ideas when for eight weeks, I've been like, we need one more thing for Henry. And I'm just trying to figure this. Do you have any ideas? And he'll have nothing four days before Christmas. Yes, I don't know what it is, but it's the same thing for birthdays. Henry's birthday is May 2nd and Charlie's birthday is May 7th. So we have two birthdays in five days in five, like, you know, five days apart. And um, so right now we're in the middle of like... Okay, what do you think about this? What do you and and he he'll just be like, oh, that's nice. Nothing. But I can (laughs) guarantee you give it another week. And all of a sudden he'll be like, you know, what we should get Charlie. (laughs) (laughs) and so and i love that input it is so helpful but i need it a month before he gives it to me that's that's what's so frustrating like like i start planning and budgeting and doing all this he's like i don't know it feels like it's a little bit too cheap or something of a gift i'm like it's like a week before christmas yes (laughs) you do it (laughs) i've gotten all of our extended family (laughs) and tried not to like break the bank in the process do you know how hard this is Oh, yeah. I think that sometimes Nick will bring things up with the hopes that it will like he thinks it will end up on my mental list. And about a year ago, I realized I'm not going to do the list that he if he wants it done, he will have to take care of it. Like our front porch, he wants our front portrait done and he brings it up all of the time. And so now I'm just like, you are the doer. You are a doer, though. And I get I, it, though. And like, I, but I refuse to because I, I think the porch you. will last another three years. <laughs> I don't want to spend a huge the money on here it. Too. Like I feel like, and um, <laughs> I'm not trying to like bash on Ben. He's wonderful, but um, yeah. like 
Uh, my mom was here and she was helping with laundry because I mm-hmm. we had just had Franklin, etc. Um, yeah. And she's like, what do I do with Ben's clothes? I was like, I don't know. You have to ask him. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, I'm not going to start doing Ben's clothes because that will not be nope. added to my list. <laughs> so yeah. if you want to figure it out, you need to talk to Ben or sitting in the dryer. And he's great. Yeah. He does all his laundry. He, does, he There's no problem. And I don't think it would like set a standard. But there are other things, too, like... Um, He'll be like, Evie, you can come outside with me. I'm going to go outside. And then he'll go outside. And I'll be like, I'm not getting her ready for outside. I used to get her ready. I was like, oh, oh. he said, Evie, so Evie, if she wants to go outside, well, I'll just get her dressed so she can go out. So yeah. I stopped doing that. I'm just like, yeah. well, Evie, if you want to go out, you have to get dressed or your daddy has to help you. Yes. And so then he can deal with the fallout. And he doesn't even realize he's doing it. Is the Well, that's part, part of, of the problem, problem, though. That's why I like the recognition <laughs> is that. I, I need someone to recognize that this is a thing sometimes. And yes. so hundred um, percent. Yes, 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 yeah. yes. Yeah. I just That's, I know. I feel like there's so yeah. much of the mom work that just goes unseen, unnoticed, mm-hmm. unrecognized. And that's really all I need sometimes. It's just a little yeah. you're doing a good job. And it's like such monotonous work too. So that's my no. <laughs> What's your hello this week? <laughs> For my hello, because it's uh, Earth Day, or we just celebrated Earth oh, Day. Oh, yes. Um, so I looked up some like easy ways to teach kids how to be a little bit more conscious, conscious of nice. um, like being green and that kind of thing. And um, yeah. because, you know, I feel like it's one thing to say, like, we got to take care of our Earth to my kids, but then actually teaching them ways to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so some of them feel really obvious, but we are still horrible at them, like turning off lights. Totally. Um, and for us, it's like Ava sleeps with a lamp on all night. And then a lot of times it might not be turned off in the morning. So who mm-hmm. knows how many Our sound hours. machines are the same way. Yeah. Oh, the sound machine. Yep. A hundred percent. Charlie has a sound machine. But the lights are the big ones. Uh, turning off lights. Um, one of the ideas, because a lot of it was like turning off the sink when you're brushing your teeth which is great but they had this idea of like putting one of those big like measuring bowls in there and then measuring how much water you (gasps) use when you brush your teeth i thought that was actually kind of an interesting thing so we might try i would be interested in that but the kids (laughs) would really because it's such a visual thing that they can see i love that yeah um they suggested doing a zero waste week which i love that idea i cannot figure out I don't know if we could actually like because food waste, that's the big one is foods. Oh, yeah. When you eat food, everything's covered in plastic. And so but I love that idea. If you could even figure out like a 24 hours of zero waste or something like that, I'm kind of intrigued by that idea. Um, The straws are a big thing. So when we're at home, at least we only use metal straws. But then it's like trying to figure out how to do that in public because all of our kids for the most part, still need a lid on their cup, you know? Yeah. Um, and so it's oh, just still? tricky. When does the end? <laughs> well, they c- here's the thing. They can drink out of small cups. The only thing we have for them at home is small plastic cups that they don't use a lid for. Um, but they're lightweight. And so I'm always really worried when we're in public and it's a glass or even a big plastic glass. They're not used to the weight of that. It's my own fault. We need to get them used to that. But anyways, um, the so straws are a big one. Um, another thing I kept reading was secondhand items and not even just clothes. Clothes are a huge thing. And I've heard I've read this in articles before. The amount of like um, water and dyes and everything else that it takes to create new garments is unbelievable. Oh, and Katie so- Kirk just posted <clears throat> about how the fashion industry is one of the biggest contributors yes. to climate change. And so she's like buying sustainable, but which is yeah. really hard to do. Unless you can afford it like her to buy like yes. new sustainable, but we can do like, yeah, used. Yeah. So what's like the Poshmark is the site that they have where it's all used clothes for women. It's, oh, um, yeah. So that might be a and good vintage. Thing to check I mean, out. I love it. I yeah. can't wait to be able to go to Portland vintage stores again. Yes. Oh, they're the best. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah. um, but for kids and we. We hand me down everything that our kids grow out of. I mean, the boys, it goes through three kids. But um, and so I love handing down clothes because especially to a family member or a friend, because I know that they'll use it. Oh, it's huge. um, It makes such a big difference. I mean, it does. Franklin, we had someone hand me downs and it was wonderful. 
Um, but then also for toys. This is the big one for things like Christmases and birthdays, trying to normalize secondhand toys oh. or used toys or even vintage toys. I have a friend on Facebook. They took their we have a ton of antique stores in our town and they took all the kids to an antique store and everybody got like five bucks or something. And they so just like teaching them to appreciate items that are not brand new. I feel like Which that's is so the big fun lesson. anyway. Toys can be fun even if they don't come in brand new plastic. Generally, I think people should. I mean, because Christmas and things, it's so expensive, too. And the drain it puts on families and the pressure to have to spend so much on every person, not make it look cheap, but not have it too expensive. And, yeah, you know, oh, gosh, I'm not going to stress out about Christmas yet. Guys, no, not. <laughs> but so I do think away. that I, I like the idea of um, doing secondhand toys for the kids for Christmas and normalizing yeah. that idea. So that was a big one. Um, buying in bulk, which I feel like that's a pretty common mm. one. Um, the one that I need to get better about is they call them vampire electronics, unplugging things when you're not using them. So yes. um, like all of three kids have Chromebooks at school and their their chargers are always plugged into a wall. And then when they get home, they just plug their computers. <gasps> in so things like them unplugging those when they're not plugged in we have a whole tv and all the video games upstairs but the kids are at school most days we don't even use that so i need to unplug that when they're you know oh, yeah stuff like that your coffee makers vampire electronics it's a great yes. title i love it so that kind of stuff um and then one of them <laughs> that made me laugh a little bit there was one whole point on one of the lists that i found that was like don't squash spiders because spiders, <laughs> you're supposed to put them in a cup and bring them outside and i'm just like Ugh. i appreciate your opinion but i will be squashing spiders in my house <laughs> <laughs> no that's how i feel it's like i'm so sorry spider yeah but no, i don't feel going bad. to die um and then there <laughs> were two there's two books that we've read the children's books that are amazing to kind of create this or open up this conversation Yeah, just an awareness even in their minds yes yeah and the illustrations for both of these books are so beautiful so the first one is called we are water protectors by carol carol lindstrom and the illustrator is michaela goad and she is a native american illustrator and the the whole book is about the pipeline. Yes, the Dakota Access. Yes, the the Dakota, yeah, the Dakota Access pipeline, and it's talking about how they are supposed to be protecting the land, and they call it the black giant black snake that comes in. But it's oh, just nice. really interesting. Yeah, so that's one. And then the other one that I absolutely love is called The Mess That We Made by Michelle Lord. And it's all about kind of the ripple effect from things like um, the plastics in the ocean and all of the things that that affects. And yes, it, it's, oh, and, that's how it, yes, how yes, everything's so the, connected. Exactly. I love thinking about those things anyway and to get your kids to start thinking Mm -hmm. about that and where everything's coming from and where they end up. Yeah. So that's my hello is just kind of like trying to open up that conversation and not just saying things like it's important that we protect the earth, but like ways that we can actually do that with the kids. So Ben's been talking about doing it more and he really wants to do more. And I'm always just kind of like. Yeah, <laughs> we should. We should. And we should. And we should. And we should. And yeah. he's right. And we should. All right. What's your what's your hello? Today? Aging. My yeah. hello is aging. <laughs> Maybe it should just be a no. But OK, so I started this thing where um, it's like a skin dermabrasion. You're supposed to basically shave your face. Right. Oh, like with yes. like those little and and it's supposed to be, according to some dermatologists, like really good. It helps exfoliate. And so I've well, been doing this for skin... a while. Looks like it's glowing. I even oh, thought that you. when we first started an hour ago, because I am oh. red and I'm also kind of sunburnt. But you're like, do we? Well, I have really, glow? I um, have really good skincare too. I do Rodan and Fields from a friend okay. of mine. Um, so thank you, friend. <laughs> she listens to. Does her the micro dermabrasion? Does it hurt? Because it looks like. Well, it, I have a. Well, the the shaving thing. I don't know if I have the right shavers okay. or what because it doesn't seem to be Is that. that- great i feel like it should hurt and it doesn't (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i also 
have like a micro skin dermavasion, like really great exfoliant that I get from Rodan and okay. Fields. And then I have like a skincare routine and it does. It's been wonderful for my skin. But the thing about the shaving is I've been shaving my face. But the other day <laughs> I found an inch long dark brown hair on my chin. Like how do you shave your entire face and then still like did it come overnight? Did it grow that fast? And it was like, okay, so I've been, I, I typically have like a spot under my chin where I get two yeah. very coarse, dark hairs and um, I expect those. I've been expecting those for, uh, you know, about five years now. They're, they're pretty consistent. Did not mm-hmm. expect it like on the side of my chin, close to my cheek and to be an inch <laughs> long. And I was like, oh, that has to be a cat hair. And I'm like, it's attached to like pull it out <laughs> with my hand. And I'm, and I'm just like in shock and then I just pluck it with my hand because it was that long Um, and so a lot of my like aging things and I mean I wear makeup you can't really tell and I know that everyone's gonna be like Sarah you look fine whatever and I do Mm -hmm. I look fine I'm fine but you look beautiful um, a lot of things (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, but a lot of things I can pr- ascribe to like having children like dark circles and like mm, yes you know maybe I look really tired for good reason <laughs> um, but this one I was yeah. like no that's just being 32 <laughs> but it was so long it was so long Natalie uh, Nick is on beard duty constantly so his own like one of his jobs because I get them all over the place I get my I have one mole that grows about three and then I have little patches that will grow like just three or four hairs yeah and so Nick will go in with tweezers and we'll watch TV and Nick, he'll pluck you are all a champ in. he debeards me it's so strange it's a little bit painful but I'm getting used to it now I guess <laughs> Well, that's awesome. Maybe I need to get Ben on Beard Watch. I can tell that I like I'm getting um, I get tired easier and I get out of like the things that I could do at 25. I can no longer just do like even like crouching down and then getting off of the floor. Yeah. Starting to be a lot of work. Like suddenly my back (laughs) just is like, no, you can't move right now. You have to sit here until like I decide you can move. Trying to think. Oh, my feet. I have old lady feet now. They're like all cracked and nasty in the back. Oh, yeah, totally. I, yes. I have very gross feet. I used to like just always have cute feet just because you're young. And now it's like, yes. no, mine are they're yeah. so gross. Oh, moles. I Where do they Ooh. come from? And they get so big so fast. Yeah. I just have giant moles. And skin tags. <laughs> yes, skin tags all are over so, the place. They, they freak me out. I don't understand what's happening. I know. Why do they grow in that way? And they yes. get huge, and then you can't do anything about them. And then if you pick at them, they just bleed and like look grosser. So, oh, um, more lactose intolerant. I never had issues with milk, <gasps> and yeah. as I get older, I can eat. I can drink or ingest less and less milk without it really bothering me later. <laughs> We just like we don't bounce back from things anymore. No, I just I mean, I don't No, You don't bounce back. Yeah. And I guess your skin cells don't like rotate as quickly either. So like, oh, but here's the thing that really makes me mad. Why am I still getting acne? <gasps> yeah, I thought that's supposed to stop. And it's just like, no, nope. it's every month. So same time period starts. Just not fair. Oh, gray hairs. Yeah. Do you have gray hairs already? Well, I dyed it recently, but I'm getting a bunch. Okay. And I, but I started really? getting them when I was kids and my when I started having kids. But yeah, aging is fun. Everyone's doing it all the time. Even our babies, really, technically, you're like born and you age. So <laughs> there's a nice positive outlook on life. So that's it. Um, that's our episode. Thanks Yay. for joining us today. As we wrap up, we want to hear from you. Email us at lumpymotherpodcast at gmail.com and tell us. Do you have hairs growing out very longly in places on your face <laughs> that you wish would not stop it? Um, what do you? What's your opinion about the mental load? How do you articulate it yeah. to your partner? Are you a mean mom like me and constantly say no to your kids? Not constantly, but have no ish, have no guilt with saying no. <laughs> Are you mean mom who doesn't let your kids bite you? <laughs> How dare you, Natalie? Have boundaries around your body? Gosh. 
Well, if you like what you heard today, there are a few really important things that you can do to help others find us. And we say this every week, but it's always just as important. If you haven't yet, definitely make sure that you subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. You can rate and review us, which is huge. And it's a free thing that you can do to help us out. And then also just share us with someone. Word of mouth, I think, is the strongest way to grow a community. So definitely share us with anyone who you think might might enjoy our show especially our last um our after party episode on breastfeeding yes. i really think that that could be the saving grace or just like the sanity of you are not alone and whatever you're yep. doing on your breastfeeding journey or your formula feeding journey yeah um i think exactly. that could be the support a lot of moms need and i hope we can get it out there to the moms who need to hear some of that stuff um and don't yeah. forget to follow us on instagram and facebook at lumpy mother podcast and on twitter at lumpy mother pod one And then hopefully we'll see you next Tuesday. You can see what motherhood has in store for our lives and yours. Bye.